The following is a teaching from Church of the Redeemer. We pray that you will be blessed by this teaching. Grab your Bibles and your teaching sheets this morning as we get ready to study God's Word. Let's give a good welcome as well to our Frederick campus, our University at Shady Grove campus, our Clarksburg campus, all the folks here in Gaithersburg as well. Let's all come together as a church family to study God's Word. For the next few moments, we're involved in a series of messages entitled, A Life That Works. And I want to talk today about setting the right pace with your life, setting the right pace with your life. This series of messages actually was birthed out of uh, some reflections that I had related to questions that have been asked to me throughout my ministry. One of those questions was, how, pastor, can I make my life work? Things in life do not seem to be working well for me. How can I get my life to work, my marriage to work, my relationships to work? How can I get it to work? And I began to think about that particular question, and obviously that's a, a wide open question, lots of things we could talk about relative to that question. But one of the things I started reflecting on was certain principles of life that when you begin to operate according to them, it's, it's guaranteed that your life will work if you just do life God's way, amen? When you begin to live life God's way and not your way, then you get out of the way and God begins to work in you and through you and your life begins to come together because you're living according to the principles of your creator and your creator knows how you work and how you operate best. And so the whole goal of life as Christian believers is to learn how to have less of us and more of him. Less of us directing our lives and more of his direction for our lives. And part of, as we've seen in this series, lots of different things we've been talking about, but part of having a life that works involves this topic that I want to talk to you about today, and that's setting the right pace for your life. Pace is a word that, if you've ever run a race, you're familiar with the word, because especially any kind of race of endurance requires setting the right pace. If you don't set the right pace, then you're going to either start out too quickly and not have enough energy to make it to the end, or you will start out too slowly and never be able to catch up. And so pace is essential because pace is a part of a race. You learn not just how to run the race, but to do it in a paced way. And the same is true with your life. You will live life over a sequence of years. Those years differ from person to person, but you have a lifespan, and your lifespan is more than a, a day or two. Generally, it's, it's over a period of years or decades, and so you have to learn how to pace yourself so that you have enough energy for the journey, right? Amen? Because if you run out of energy too quickly, you're in trouble, and if you get lagged behind in the beginning, then obviously you have prob problems trying to finish as well. So the whole goal is to pace yourself so that you finish the race well, you finish the race victoriously. And so every person, when it comes to a pace of life, you need what I would call an accelerator and a set of brakes. You need something that gets you going and something that slows you down. You would never dream of buying an automobile and saying, you know what, I love this automobile, but I'd like to have one without an accelerator. I certainly don't want any brakes. So every car that you purchase, you want to make sure that the accelerator is working appropriately and you also have something that can slow you down. And every person in life needs both of those things, the ability to get started when you need to get started and put some energy and momentum into life when it's necessary, but also to know how to back off when it's necessary and to slow yourself down, how to set the right pace for your race. And so for the next few moments, I'm going to talk to you about four things that will help you 
to do that. Four steps that are necessary for pacing yourself through life. Number one, I'm actually going to use an acronym here. So the P-A-C-E will be each individual points based upon the letter of the word, uh, the, the, the letter that's associated with that particular word, pace. Pace, P, set the right personal priorities. You will never pace your life effectively unless you have the right personal priorities and not everything in life is of equal importance. Some things in life are more important than other things and you have to go through life determining what your priorities are going to be, what is really important to you. And your priorities reflect your values. And the best way to determine what your priorities are are to reflect upon the value systems of your life that are defined by or get, you have the ability to understand them by looking at three things, the, where, the places you spend your time, your treasure, and your talents. Wherever you're investing your time, your treasure, your talents, those represent what's important to you. No matter what you think is important to you, those three things will always tell the real story about your life. Where do you spend your time? Where do you invest your treasure and where do you put your talents in life? And to make a good decision about pacing your life, you have to, take a t to pay attention to the places you're investing those three things in life. And the best investments in life are the investments that pay the biggest dividends over the longest period of time, right? So you want to invest your time and your treasure and your talents into things that are going to pay the biggest dividends for you over the longest period of time. That's what a good investment is. And the best investment you will ever make in life in terms of priority has to do with that which is eternal. Not which is temporal, but that which is eternal. Some things just really don't matter at all. At the end of the day, they don't matter. Amen? And I promise you that when you get to the end of your life, there are certain things that you will not be thinking about at all. Things that perhaps earlier in your life you thought were so big and so important, but you get toward the end of your life, you start realizing that, that really wasn't important at all. And what really is important is that which has eternal value and eternal weight. Jesus gave us a story in Luke chapter 12 to help us to understand these eternal values. Listen to what he said. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He, that is the farmer, said to himself, what should I do? I don't have, any, have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room, room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, would you say that phrase with me? But God said to him. You know, sometimes what you think is not right at all. God has a very different perspective. And so God steps into the story and he says something to him. You fool. See, the man thought he was very wise. But God understood that he was actually living a foolish life. You will die this very night. Then, who will get everything you worked for? Yes, Jesus declares here in comments on this, this story, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Remember that. Life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Jesus says, make sure you have the right 
priorities in your life because that is how you will pace your life the best way. Let me quickly share with you. These are not on your notes, but uh, or they may be on your notes. I'm not sure if they are or not. Three things. Are they there for you? Next three things. Worship. Is that, that on your notes? Okay. Uh, there are three things that you need to make sure that you give attention to in your life. Okay. Three key priorities. Number one is worship. You've got to worship God. He's got to be number one in your life. Because if he's not number one, then everything else will, nothing else will ever be in place for you. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So number one priority in your life is your relationship with God. Nothing more important than that. Second of all, your own personal growth. Because if you're not growing in your life, I will tell you, you will never be the person that, you, that God intended for you to be. And so in your life, number one is I'm going to worship God. Number two, I'm going to grow as a person. I'm going to grow spiritually and emotionally and relationally in every realm of life because I can't do what God wants me to do unless I grow, unless I get bigger and better on the inside. And so personal growth is essential. Success is determined by your growth. Any realm of life, success is always determined by how much you grow. Jesus, or Peter, I should say, said this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. He writes these words, but grow, but grow, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be glory both now and forever. Amen. The third thing that needs to be a top priority in your life, if you're going to pace your life well, is your God-given relationships, your God-given assignments, and your God-given responsibilities. What I mean by that is this. Pay attention. Set priorities over what's in your life right now. The relationships you have right now. If you're married, give attention to your marriage. If you're a parent, give attention to your children. In your job, whatever it might be, give full attention to the assignment God has given you right now. Pay attention to what God has put in your hands and be faithful with it. Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. Now it's required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. So again, pace yourself by knowing the right priorities. You cannot do everything in life. You have to make sure you're doing the most important things. And the most important things are the eternal things. Second thing today. A stands for commit to activities that restore you. Commit to activities that restore you. Pace in life is always maintained by, by rest and by restoration. You can't keep a pace up if you don't have moments of rest and restoration. And by the way, God is pro-rest. God is a God who's all about you getting the right amount of rest in your life. Take a look at what the Bible says about rest. Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now notice this, that after God made the heavens and the earth and all that pertains to creation, the Bible says that on the seventh day, what did God do? He rested. Why did God rest? Did God rest because he was tired? Did God say, well, all this creation stuff is wearing me out. I'm just worn out. I got to rest. No, God did not rest because he was tired. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40 that God never grows weary. He never grows weary. God rested because he wanted to give us a principle for our own lives. He established something called the Sabbath day. And I'll talk about that more in just a moment. A position, an orientation of living life in a restful way. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, Jesus' words, Come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus said, in relationship with me, I want you to discover rest. Hebrews 4 verse 1, therefore, since the promise of entering his, that's God's rest, still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. God says, I want to make sure that nobody falls short of living in the rest of God. Rest and restoration are good things. Can I get an amen on that? They're good things for you. It's the principle of the Sabbath. There are lots of things that I could talk about when it comes to Sabbath principle, uh, but I want to just hone in on one basic thing for us today. The Sabbath principle is simply the principle of establishing a position, an attitude, and activities of rest. That you learn how to get to a restful place in your life because you're in a place of relationship with God and you're trusting in Him. And there are Sabbath activities that will help you to experience rest in your spirit and in your soul and in your body. And by the way, you need to be rested in all three of those areas. Rest in your body will do you no good if you're all anxious in your soul, right? And so what you need in your life is rest in your spirit, rest in your soul, and rest in your body. So I want to share with you seven restful activities that will help you to enter into God's Sabbath for your life. Number one, you have to take some personal time with God. I would encourage you that every day of your life you spend some time talking to God, relating to God, pouring your heart out to God, letting Him speak into your life through His Word, but spend some time with God because when you hang out with God, you cannot come away with anything but peace. He's the God of peace, and so there's rest that comes from that. Then keep your trust in God, because I will promise you that unless you're trusting in Him, you will never have rest. You can go on the greatest vacation in the world to the greatest place in the world, but if you're not in trust with God, you'll never have any rest in your spirit. So you come to the place of yielding to God and trusting in Him. Participation in church life is important because that's where you find rest for your souls, worshiping together. In fact, part of what's happening for all of you here today is that there's a rest coming to you. You're being restored in this moment because you're hearing God's Word, and God's Word always brings restoration to us. The fourth thing is to take care of your temple. Everybody has a temple, amen? You know what your temple is? It's your body. The Scripture says that your body, your temple, is the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And part of what you and I need to remember is that if you run your body down, you're, you're affecting your spirit and your soul. You can't, you can't have a functioning spirit and soul if your body's all out of whack. And nor can you have a body that's all in shape and ignore your spirit and soul and expect to be healthy. You can't go in, in those directions. It's a unified dimension. God didn't make you just a body. He didn't just make you a spirit or a soul. He made you a spirit, soul, and body, all three of those together. So they all work together. And so you and I need to give attention to our bodies at times because your body is what is the housing, the tent of your spirit and your soul. God said your body, again, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Are you taking care of your body? Are you really taking care of your body? Are you getting enough rest? Are you eating the right kind of food? Are you eating the right amount of food? Do you get any kind of exercise other than getting up from the sofa, heading to the refrigerator? Is there anything else in your life more than that? Okay. I read an article not too long ago that said a good solid exercise program can add anywhere between 5 and 15 years to your life. Think about that. 
a good exercise program can add anywhere between five additional years or 15 additional years to your life. I'd like to be around for an extra five to 15 years. How about you? I'd like to bug you for an extra five years, okay? I'd like to be around an extra five to 15 years for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. How about you, okay? And part of it's learning to take care of your body. Your body is, is something that God has blessed you with. It's important to do that. Then number five, build breaks into your life. Everybody say, take a break. Come on, folks, take a break, okay? Sometimes you just need to take a, a break. And taking a break means that you pull away. And I think breaks need to happen daily. They need to happen weekly and monthly and annually. You need to schedule these things into your life. But build breaks into your life. Because if you don't build breaks into your life, they will not be there. Number, five, number six, have a healthy hobby. Do you have a hobby in your life? A hobby is something that is apart from what you do for a living. It's something that restores you. It's something that brings a sense of recreation, recreation for you. I'm not talking about a hobby that dominates you. Some people have hobbies and their hobbies sort of take over their lives. I'm talking about something that you can go to that's healthy and good for you that brings you a sense of recreation. And God designed you to be restored by certain things. Some folks love to paint and some folks love to play golf and some folks love to cook and some folks love to do all kind of different things, but there's a hobby that you need to engage in that brings refreshing to you. And then number seven, keep relationship peace. I will promise you, you will never have any rest if you're torn up in your relationships all the time, right? Bible says in Proverbs 17 verse 1, you may want to write down this reference, better is a bite of dry bread eaten in peace than a family feast filled with strife. Amen? Give me a just dry piece of toast and some peace, rather than a big feast with a bunch of fighting going on. Amen? Rest for your soul. Rest for your spirit. Rest for your body. Ecclesiastes 10.10. Why don't we read this together for all the campuses? Let's read. Using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. Everybody say it with me. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. It's been said that a woodsman never loses a moment when he stops and sharpens his axe. And when you take a break, when you pull back and you sharpen yourself, you don't lose time. You actually gain time. You're sharper because of establishing activities of rest in your life. The next one, C, create life space. Create life space. Life space, I'll use another term for it. It can be uh, defined as what I would call life margin. And uh, if you'll just pull out your handout just for a moment, I'll illustrate it this way. In this handout, you have something here that on every, basically every printed sheet, a book you have, whatever it might be, there's generally a margin, right? You see the margins here? It's called white space. Now, what if the words on this paper were all the way across from like edge to edge, all the way down? And when you looked at this piece of paper, all you saw were words running all the way through with no margin. What would you do with a piece of paper like that? You would say, oh, I can't read that, right? You couldn't read it because it, it's, there's, no, there's no space there for you. There's no margin there. And so you'd say, I, 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 it just stresses you out just to look at it. If you picked up a book and there was no margin in the book, you wouldn't read the book. You'd say, give me the book with the pictures. I don't like this book, okay? Because you don't like, you can't read that way. And let me show you what, what I'm talking about here. There are a lot of people that fill up their whole life 
from morning to night, 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 year after year after year. And all it is, margin to margin, edge to edge, they never have any breaks, any space in their life. You need to create some space. I want you to understand something that will never be created unless you create it. Amen? Nobody else is going to create it for you. You have to create it for yourself. You have to create some margin in your life. You don't have to say yes to everything. I'm preaching to you today, okay? Anybody with me this, this morning? Okay. And sometimes in life, the best thing you can say is not yes, but no. Can't do that. Because I have priorities. What are my priorities? My priorities are worship God, right? What was my second priority? I've got to grow because if I don't grow, I don't have anything to give, right? So I'm not, if I'm not growing myself, I can't help you, correct? I can give you nothing if there's nothing going on in me, right? And then I have to take care of my responsibilities that God has placed before me right now. I have a job. I have a family. I have those things that are important. I have my responsibilities of ministry. These are things that are... So some things you're going to have to say no to in life. And it's only when you say no, no's are what create your margin, Okay? I need a little bit of an amen here this morning, okay? I'm really trying to help you, okay? No's are how you create margin in your life. And your no's are established by your schedule. Can I ask you a question? Who's in charge of your schedule? You are, okay? You get to make your schedule, okay? Now, I promise you, if you don't take charge of your schedule, somebody else will, okay? And so you have to stop in life and say, I'm going to make sure that I am paying attention to my schedule and creating the margin that is necessary because if I run like this all the time, what kind of pace is that? Can you make it to the end doing life this way? No. And you want to be effective for Christ over the long haul. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Amen? So you've got to make, a, make, make the decision to create this space in your life. Create life space. Very, very, very important for you and me. Psalm 90, verse number 12. Listen to what it says. Moses actually prays this prayer. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Life is short, amen? So you have to spend it wisely. Psalm 90, 12 from the New King James says it this way. So teach us to number our days. Number our days, that is to pay attention to how we're spending our time that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity or redeeming the time, as one translation says, because the days are evil. For your life to work, you must take charge of your time. You, you, you must create life space. Don't run your life from margin to margin. Create some space in your life. Last one here, E, evaluate your commitments and your schedule regularly. Now, by the way, what's the, what's the overall theme of this series? A life that works. I promise you, your life is not going to work if you don't pace it. It's not going to work well if you don't pace it. And so the E is to evaluate your commitments and your schedule how often? Regularly. I'll show you why this is important. 
Maybe you've gone out on a lake uh, before, maybe in a little rowboat or a canoe or a little boat, and you got to the middle of the lake, and the sun was shining. It was so beautiful. You said, let's just sit here for a moment. You, you just, the lake is very placid, and you sit in that little boat, and you sort of daydream for a while. Then you look around and realize, wow, I'm not, where am I? And what happens is, even in the most placid of circumstances, when you're on the water, you're going to drift. The little bit of wind and movement in the water is going to cause you to drift away from your original site. If you don't cast an anchor down, you're going to, you're going to drift. Right? Didn't do anything. You weren't rowing. You were just sitting there. And so by, by nature, just being there, you, you're going to drift. Another illustration uh, for you is maybe you've gone to the beach before. And you've gone out into the surf. And you're having just a great time. And you're just enjoying being out in the water. And then before long, you look up to try to find where that lifeguard stand was that you were, uh, where you went in, or maybe the hotel where you were staying, or some, some reference point for you. And you were like way down the shore from your reference point. Anybody ever had that happen to you before? Okay. And you're just like, how did I get here? Okay. How did I get what? And it's like, well, my hotel is back up there. The lifeguard stand, the, 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 where I was referencing my point from was, where, how did I get down here? I'll show you how you got down there. You drifted. Not purposefully. It was not like, I'm going to see how far I can get down away from that. No, it was not that at all. Just by reason of the circumstances around you, you drifted. And I want you to know in life that just living life as you go in day in and day out, you're going to drift away from your priorities just by the pressures of life. Anybody have a few pressures on you from time to time, right? And those pressures will just make you drift without realizing that you drift. And so what you have to do at times is stop and do a quick evaluation. Where am I right now? Okay. Where am I in reference to my priorities? Have I drifted from those things that I said were really important to me? And life sometimes comes at us with just busy, busy, busy. And sometimes life is a little bit more, comes at us more slowly. But we have to adjust ourselves to those times. I found this in my own life recently uh, because we had a very, very busy springtime this year at our church. Uh, we had Easter that happened for us. And, of course, Easter is always a, a big time for all the things that we do here from the Easter services and the big presentation that we did. And then during that time, we were getting ready for our Clarksburg opening up. And then right after Easter, we opened up our Clarksburg campus. And then right on the heels of the Clarksburg campus, we had our United Pastors Network conference. So I had three huge things in my life all within the matter of two months. Easter, Clarksburg opening, and United Pastors Network. Three of the major things of, that, of my whole year happening in two months period of time. What do you think I needed to do after UPN? Whoa, where am I? Okay, right? Let me stop for a moment. Let me step back and reevaluate what's, what all this pressure can make you drift. And so you have to make some choices about reevaluating your life. So let me talk to you about how you do that. Let me give you some insights, hopefully, that will help you uh, to this. Five things in your notes. Uh, why don't you read them together with me? Let's all read them aloud and loudly. Here we, here we go. You ready? Number one, write down your life priorities. If you don't write them down, you're, you're, ne you're never going to have any reference point, right? When you go to maybe catch an airplane and you park in one of the parking garages or you park in a parking space somewhere, you're going to leave your car at the airport, you know what I have to do? i got to write down where my car is. Amen? In fact, what I do now, as I pull up my phone, I take a picture of the sign where my car is, okay? And I guarantee you, 99.9% .9 of the time when I come back, I have to look at the picture. 
I don't remember. Am I on level two or am I on level four or am I on the basement level or am I, where am I? I don't know where I'm at. And so I have to write it down. Why? Because in writing it down, there's my reference point. The same is true for your priorities to go home today and to write down. These are the priorities of my life. This is what is important to me. And then determine the time that you're giving to them. So just establish, I'm going to give this amount of time to these areas. Now, by the way, if you haven't learned this, let me tell you today that you have, we all have 168 hours every week. Every week, starting today, first day of the week, through next Saturday night, midnight, you have 168 hours. Every person. You have as many hours as I do. I have as many hours as you do. We have as many hours as the President of the United States has. We have the same amount of time everybody else has, 168 hours a week. Now, what you do with that time will determine where your life ends up. You will either spend it, waste it, or invest it. But I promise you, the difference between time and money is that you can't save any time. You can save some money, but you can't save any time. Because by the end of next week, all 168 hours will have been gone, will be used up at some level. And so you think, how am I going to take this week, this 168 hours that God has given me, and how will I invest them, this, these hours, into the priorities of my life? So think of, everybody say think. You know how many people live their lives and they never think? They never think at all about how they're living their life. So think. Number three, that's the next word. What is the word? Think. Think and plan in advance about your month, your week, your day. Think about it. I know that some of you are here, as soon as I talk about thinking and planning, you're like, oh, that stresses me out. And in every family, there usually is one planner and one spontaneous person, right? And that's okay. It's okay to be spontaneous, but even spontaneous folks, you need to have a plan at some level, right? may not be as detailed as the, as, the, as the engaged planner will be, but some sense of knowing how you want to, to spend your next month, your next week, your next day. And then number four, set some personal time at the end of your month, your week, your day to see how you're doing with your time. That is the end of the day, just stop and say, what did I get done today? What did I accomplish today? Are there things I need to make sure that I get on my, sca- my schedule for tomorrow? At the end of the week, do some reflection. If you, at the end of a month, stop and say, let me see where I'm at and the flow of things with my life. Then number five, read this one with me. Say, say yes to the things that matter and no to the things that don't. Some things don't matter. And make sure you know the difference. What matters and what really doesn't matter. Listen to Jesus' words, Luke 14, 28. With this I'm going to conclude. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Can I ask you this question as we're wrapping up today? What do you want to build with your life? What do you want to build with your life? And if you stop to count the cost in terms of your time, what, what do I need to invest in terms of time and how I want my life to be built? And calculate the cost and say, this is what I'm willing to invest. I'm going to pace my life so that this is the end result. This, is, this will be what I will build with my life because I've set the right pace. If you want your life to work, you have to set the right pace for your 
race. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. We ask that you would speak to us by the Holy Spirit through it. For each individual application for our lives, may it be very real to us. And I pray you'll use it to set us on the right course for the rest of our lives throughout eternity. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.